Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, called Hold Fast. It is good to be with you tonight. Pastor Michael is still under the weather, and so they called the bullpen, and here I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged to be with you tonight. As we uh, open our Bibles, I, I pray that you have a Bible or a way to follow along and read. Uh, open your Bibles to Hebrews, and uh, we're going to continue through our study in the book of Hebrews as we uh, go into chapter 3. Tonight we are going to look at just the first six verses of chapter 3. Um, I could probably teach four sermons on just these six verses. Uh, Pastor Michael uh, has very lengthy notes, and since I was jumping in last minute, he said, oh, I have a few notes, a few notes, he said, uh, on Hebrews uh, chapter 3, and he sent me a novel. Um, so I did, I did steal a little bit of his notes, and then um, thankfully I had a couple days to prepare as well. So um, I, I've been very excited and looking forward to being in the Word with you tonight. This is a fantastic passage. The book of Hebrews is fantastic. Um, and so as we continue our study, I pray that we'll be attentive tonight, that we would desire to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ together. Uh, there's so much to glean from in this text, in this short passage that we'll cover tonight. Before we do, would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. We're going to talk a lot about your house uh, tonight in our text, and it is a privilege and an honor to be in the midst of your people, to know that uh, when we gather together, you are faithful to meet us here in this place tonight. And so we want to just acknowledge before we go any further, Lord, that we need you, we need your uh, guidance, we need your direction, we need your wisdom and your knowledge, if any good will come from tonight. And so we, we surrender this time to you, we ask that you would be pleased as we study your word. Um, may your Holy Spirit guide and lead our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 3, why don't we stand as we read the word of God together tonight. We're just going to read the first six verses. I'm going to read from the ESV this evening, and it reads like this. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Amen. May the Lord write his word on our hearts. You can have a seat. 
This is a powerful passage, but maybe at uh, first glance, if this is a new text to you, there might be some confusing language in here, and so we get the privilege to uh, unpack it tonight together. Uh, The author of Hebrews here is uh, writing to a group who is tempted to go back to their Judaism. The, The Hebrews that he's writing to, we don't know who the author is, and we don't even really know the exact group of people that the author is writing to, but we do know a few things. We know that they know each other well. It's safe to assume that this is a group of Jewish people because they're well acquainted with the Old Testament law, and they have high regard for Moses. And this was an issue in the first century early church because the temptation, and this still exists today, there are many Jews who are not Messianic Jews. They do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They don't believe the Messiah has yet come. And so they're still waiting for the Messiah. And so this is a group that is tempted, uh, though they have confessed Christ, to go back to their hope in the law and in Moses. And so we're going to see that the author is reminding them to hold fast. That is our title tonight, to hold fast to the anchor of their, their soul, the anchor of their faith, who is Jesus. And so Tonight, as we look at the text, that's kind of a little bit of a backdrop. They've made a commitment to Christ, uh, but they were considering returning to the empty rituals of Judaism. And they thought highly of Moses, the founding figure of Judaism, but Jesus, as our author has clearly stated, is superior to Moses. Jesus is the fulfillment of what the Old Testament prophets were were portraying. As we go all the way back to the beginning, when we look at the book of Genesis and we see different characters that God used all throughout the New Testament scriptures, they were all pointing to Jesus. The Old Testament is about Jesus. If you you regard the Old Testament as secondary and, and boring, you've missed it because there is so much rich rich uh, knowledge and wisdom to be found in the Old Testament scriptures because it's all pointing to the coming of the Messiah. And so if you have that view of the Old Testament, I would challenge you to begin doing devotionals and studying and spending time in the Old Testament scriptures because they're so, it's so amazing to see the way that God speaks prophetically and the way that his word always comes to pass. He never fails. Amen. Amen. And so we know about the group that the letter is written to. And we also know that uh, they're facing various forms of persecution uh, and suffering for the sake of Christ, for, for being Christ followers. They, they, they've been imprisoned. They've been uh, possibly beaten and, and um, ridiculed by their culture. Does that sound familiar? Nothing is new under the sun. Christianity has been under attack since its very origins. And yet here we are. For thousands of years, people have been trying to prove that the Bible is not legitimate, that there's historical inaccuracies, that Jesus didn't exist, or Jesus was just some guy. But here we are tonight, 2,000-something years later, and the church is still alive because Christ's bride will not be defeated. And so I pray that you take hope tonight, and that is the encouragement, the exhortation in this section is the writer is saying to this group, hold fast. I know that you're going through uh, struggles and trials right now, but hold on. Hold on to the hope that you found in Christ. And and we know this uh, persecution is there because you can look in chapter 10 and verses 32 and 34. He he mentions it. 
And so it's, it's easy to confess Christ in a world when everybody around you agrees with you. In fact, it's easy to do anything and have any opinion when everyone around you supports you. Amen? It's a different thing to have an opinion that sticks out as maybe you're the only one who thinks that way. And I was just listening to a video from Tim Keller yesterday. He's a, a well-known uh, author and speaker in the Christian world. And Tim Keller said, we have watched the transition from a, uh, a largely Christendom culture to a post-Christendom culture now. And people are largely opposed to the gospel. And he, he breaks down this idea that even 50 years ago, there was at least a societal um, unity that there was, there was some sort of moral law. And we know from apologetics, if, if you've been studying to give a defense for your faith, uh, William Lane Craig has a fantastic book I referenced on Sunday night called On Guard, and it's, uh, it's an apologetics book. And William Lane Craig says that morality cannot exist without a moral lawgiver. So if there's a general consensus in society that there is some measure of morality, then we know there must be a moral lawgiver. And so uh, the way Keller put it is there's basically the dots are out there in the culture. And for so long, it was the, the job of the church to just help connect the dots. And if you could just get people to connect the dots, if you will, they could start to draw conclusions that maybe there truly is a God in heaven and maybe there is actually more to this life than just living for a while and then rotting in the ground. But Tim Keller said the sobering reality is that where we are now at as a culture is we've moved from where we just simply need to connect the dots for people to begin to see the hope of the gospel and the truth and the reality of the gospel to now in a post-Christendom society, it's more like the dots aren't even there. And so we have to almost start from ground zero. And you can see it in our culture, can you not? Basic moral principles seem to be absent I was watching an interview um, with a man uh, named Matt Walsh, and I don't agree with everything Matt Walsh says, but he's been outspoken against transgenderism amongst children because this is being pushed amongst children. You know, our federal government a few weeks ago came out with a statement and said that they believe that children under the age of, I believe, uh, 13, it was something along those lines, are, are too young to be on social media and we need to be more careful. Be, and this is what they said. This is their caveat because these kids are still, uh, growing into who they're going to be. And yet the same government is fighting for those same children under the age of 13 to be able to go and get a transition surgery and change their sex, even though that is impossible, by the way. You cannot change your sex. But this is what they're saying is, and, and, and then they can do it without even parental consent. Can I just tell you as a father, if I found out that somebody was taking one of my children to go and have a, a sex change surgery without my consent, I don't really know how I'd respond to that. But it wouldn't be pretty because that's my child and ultimately God's child. And God doesn't make mistakes. God created that child in his image for a purpose. And so you can see it in our culture. M moral anything seems to be almost absent. The ability to make a logical decision and look at something and say, if this is the premise and we follow this all the way through, where does it lead? And I can tell you where it leads because God's word is authoritative, final, finished. And it says that sin, when it is fully conceived, gives birth to death. That is where the ideology of man left to his own thoughts and his own direction 
will end up. You want to you avoid death in the ultimate sense? Follow Christ. And the, the exhortation from the author is stay the course. Hold fast. You'll hear more from Pastor Shane Lance in a moment. I'm producer Rob of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lentz, reminding you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we're really hoping you would consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry, which reaches a lot of people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, I'm really excited about this. In fact, we all are. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. Check this out. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so good now I guess <laughs> there was infidelity just a lot of financial issues you know all those things that make the top list of, of yes. why a marriage is hard the Lord's given us all things to enjoy yeah. the, the scriptures say and freedom is a big word yeah. as a Christian yeah. and unfortunately what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. Mm. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. Mm. And I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries and there's things that God wants done a certain way, but there's also freedoms that we can enjoy pleasure in life. (laughs) All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. That is where the ideology of man left to his own thoughts in his own direction will end up. You want to you avoid death in the ultimate sense? Follow Christ. And the, the exhortation from the author is stay the course. Hold fast. And you have to imagine there's all sorts of conjecture about who the author of Hebrews is and we don't know and it's really not worth our time to guess at it. But it is probably somebody who's well acquainted with suffering for the sake of the gospel. You know, it is easy to encourage people to hang in there when your life is great, right? But there's something about empathy. When somebody can be empathetic towards a situation and sympathetic and say, I understand, I've been there. And for you tonight, I don't know what temptations are before you to forsake Christ. Maybe some of you in this room tonight have gone wayward. You've lost your way. 
Now, I'd, I'd venture to say that most people who take the time out of a busy week, and we're all busy, we all have a million things to do, to be in church for a couple of hours and sit under biblical teaching are probably doing okay spiritually. But I will not assume that about anyone, because we're going to talk about this tonight. You can be in the church, you can be in the camp, and not know Christ. And so, as we look at the exhortation to this group of believers, may it be that we also look inward and say, do I do this? Do I do this? Am I guilty of doing this? Am I, am I on the verge of forsaking the things of Christ for what the world offers and says will satisfy? And so in verse one, we look again and it's, it says, therefore, in light of what we've just talked about, we're talking about the supremacy of Christ. He, he lays the groundwork in previous chapters that Christ is greater than the angels. And we're talking about God, God's son, Jesus, being the ultimate high priest, the ultimate sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins. And he says in verse 1, therefore, in light of that, holy brothers and sisters, uh, here Paul is using the generic term for the masculine. So this is to the group of believers, men and women. You who share in a heavenly calling, you share in a heavenly calling tonight. There is a heavenly calling on my life and on your life. You know, we, we get all sorts of callings in this life, don't we? we there's all sorts of uh, voices that are knocking at the door saying, hey, let me in. Let me have some of your time. And there's so many things that are fighting for our attention and our focus and our time. In fact, I'd venture to say that just in the little bit that we've been here, you've already had several notifications from social media, several text messages rolling in, emails for work, emails about the kids' school and things that are coming up. And it's so easy to get distracted. You know, I, I struggle with uh, being attentive for long periods of time. And so I, I realize that I have to shut out the outside world, and I have to take time to be attentive to Christ. And so as he says, you share in a heavenly calling, he says, consider Jesus. Well, what does he mean, consider Jesus? The NIV puts it this way, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your mind on Jesus. David says in the Psalms, Lord, I meditate on your word day and night. That's that's a pretty impressive thing to say. And I would say I fall very short of that. Just this morning, I was driving my daughter to my in-laws uh, so that I could get to work. And I'm, I'm listening to some worship music. And I get more defensive as a driver when my, my baby girl is in the backseat of my car. And so when people do stupid things, and oh, people do stupid things on the road. And I'm driving, and this lady pulled out right in front of me. And so I did the whole, whoa, and, you know, not even time to honk, just, whoa. And, and I'm coming down foothill, and she just pulled out. And there I am singing worship songs, and I'm looking. I have a little digital monitor. I could see my daughter in the back seat, and I'm, you know, in a good mood. And in a moment, it was like everything in me was like, oh, you, you. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, the flesh is strong. And in just a moment, I can go from being fixed on Christ to being fixed on killing someone. Not really, but angry. And so he says, fix your thoughts on Christ. And then he says something interesting that maybe you've never seen before in scripture. He says, the apostle 
and high priest of our confession. Now, we've heard Christ described uh, many times as the high priest. He is the ultimate high priest. But as an apostle, that might be a new term um, put as uh, uh, unto Jesus for you. Maybe as you're studying the Bible, you've never heard Jesus as described as an apostle. You, you think Jesus, he had 12 apostles. Uh, he, had, he had apostles that followed him, but Jesus is an apostle. Well, the word here for apostle is it translated, uh, I guess if we were to transliterate it, it would be more ambassador. And, and Jesus is the ultimate ambassador for the kingdom of God. He's the perfect ambassador for the kingdom of God. Jesus came and he perfectly came on behalf of the heavenly father. You and I also have received this as part of our heavenly calling. We are ambassadors. And we talked about this when we went through our study together in uh, Philemon. We, we talked about that we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And that was a huge vein that ran through that letter. And so we need to remember that. But that, that word there, Jesus is the ultimate ambassador, if you will. So he calls us first to be holy. He, he refers to the, the group as holy brothers and sisters. Some of you don't feel so holy tonight. And can I tell you, neither do I. Sometimes I don't feel very holy at all. Um, Sometimes I look at my life and I look at the way that I've maybe acted in a particular situation and the last word I would use to describe myself would be holy. And, and that's, a, that's a, an understandable place, but you are holy because you've inherited Christ's righteousness. It's been, his sacrifice at the cross has been counted to you as righteousness. It's the greatest trade in the history of mankind. You give Christ your sin and your baggage and he gives you in exchange his righteousness and the finished work on the cross. And so you are, uh, if you were to take this and apply it to yourself, yes, you have a heavenly calling and you are wholly set apart, if you will, for the purposes of Christ and his kingdom. You've been listening to Hold Fast, part one on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, during this message, you heard Pastor Shane talk about the fact that we've inherited Christ's holiness as believers. And you may be thinking, well, I don't feel that holy. <laughs> Looking in the, the mirror in the morning, I don't look that holy. <laughs> what do I do? Well, positionally, and this is what we're talking about. It's not always about feelings now. We got to be careful. Feelings can be a wonderful thing, but they got to be the caboose, not leading the train. Positionally, because of what Christ did, you are holy. You've inherited his holiness because of the finished work of Christ. That's what we have to remember. This is not about a feeling, this is about a fact. This is based upon the fact of Jesus's atoning work, his death and resurrection. And the question that 
I think is extremely important is have you inherited Christ's righteousness or holiness? You say, well, how do you do that, Pastor Michael? Well, you place your faith in him and God grants you his righteousness. You inherit it because of who you are positionally in Christ. And that's the key. And maybe because you are leaning too much on feelings, you have decided that no one else can follow you or you don't have leadership skills or whatever else. But remember, feelings need to be the caboose. And when you let the fact of God's word drive the train despite how you feel, then you're walking by faith, not by feelings, not by sight. And you're walking in the reality of the promises of God, which is really what the book of Hebrews is all about. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Shane Lance teach the sections of the book of Hebrews, and I'm excited to present it to you. We are excited to present it to you. Hey, if we can help you anyway, remember you can always reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And we'll get a part two on Hold Fast from Pastor Shane Lance right here tomorrow. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and God bless you, and we'll see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month. As a thank you, you'll have quick access to our daily episodes, you can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons, and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. Visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click Donate. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews 3, 1 through 6, called Hold Fast. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.